City. And the Richmond Spiders have knocked off the 12th ranked UMass Minutemen. The Richmond Spiders have come to Florida and have knocked off the 13th ranked Gators. Spider victory over 14th ranked California. Richmond 94, Cal 90. Davis to climb for the tie. Puts it on the deck. Head fake, shoots, block. We are back for episode four of the Frontline Fanatics podcast, coming off a week with two Richmond basketball wins and on the eve of a top 20 matchup with West Virginia, which we're really excited about. So uh, in this episode, we're going to cover those two wins, talk a little bit about West Virginia, then wrap up with some uh, NFL picks against the spread, see how we do uh, in the gambling aspect of things. As always, I'm Evan Aldifer, and I'm joined by my co-host, Andrew Aguilera. Aggie, what's going on, man? How are you doing? What's up, everyone? Thanks again for listening in. Uh, great feedback from the podcast last week with Andrew. So, or I guess this week's, I think, was still so pumped about that. Um, doing well, Ev. Thanks for asking. Uh, looking forward to, you know, getting into a quick preview of tomorrow's game against number 11, West Virginia. Um, we're going to try to make this one short and sweet. Uh, just as a quick, as I said to Evan, snackable, easy to consume podcast before the game tomorrow. So, uh, Corporate bro. Quick listen. Yeah, I'm, I'm a sellout at this point. So <laughs> I'm repping the, uh, the Richmond number one Blake Francis jersey. So we're ready to go. Um, so let's jump into it. Why not? Oh, also one last thing. Yeah, with what we said about the NFL, I felt like last week just like picking the games, like screw it. Let's see how we do against the spread. Why not? Um, all right. So let's jump into it. Uh, first game last week. What was it Monday at 2 p.m.? Monday, 2 p.m., Monday, Monday matinee. Uh, Richmond defeated Wofford, 77-72. Um, quick reaction for that for me. I thought we played okay. Um, it was way closer than I thought it was going to be with the, only a five-point finish at the end. Shout out to whoever had uh, the Wofford spread big time. Uh, maybe Dave Portnoy did as he yeah, did, I was gonna say. did bet against the Spides. But, um, yeah, I mean, we, we were competitive. We, ca- we kind of kept them in the game, which was, I wasn't totally anticipating that to happen this game considering they had played two d2 teams prior but they're kind of a team that will stick around with anyone i think they stuck around yesterday too i forgot who they play but um yeah they only lost to south florida by two points so i mean they're, they're a competitive team they're not going to probably go anywhere this year but we picked up the win and uh your boy storm murphy played pretty well for uh, for wofford over there Ev, so yeah what do you think of that game well, here's my thing. I feel a lot better about it now than I did, I think, coming out of it right away. Uh, and there's one main reason, you know, why. So that game was scheduled the day before it took place. It was scheduled on Sunday, right? So both teams literally had one practice knowing who their opponent was the next day. However, Richmond had just been on a full week, full program pause, right? And um, Wofford had been practicing for, I think, two full weeks since their last game because their first two opponents had to cancel because of COVID issues. So let's think about those two different sides, right? You've got a team that's been practicing for two weeks. They're hungry. They just want to play a game. And then you have a team that just got back onto the floor and was just shaking off some of the cobwebs. So, um, you know, it was interesting for me to hear that not only were the guys, you know, confined to their dorm rooms and had to stay on campus and couldn't really go take some shots or work out. I think it sounded like on, on a couple of other podcasts I heard, the guys who were deemed close contacts to the people who originally had tested positive for the first time actually had to quarantine in a hotel room, like somewhere off campus, somewhere away from their normal living situation. I think Grant talked about it, how he was actually one of them. So, uh, I, you know, I'm not going to give too much, you know, um, get, you know, get too mad at the team for, for having it be a close game just because of the different situations. You've got one team 
starting to play a game. The other team didn't know they were going to play a game until probably 18, 24 hours or, or 12 to 18 hours before it happened. Right. Yeah, so, um, you know, I think it was in terms of the actual gameplay, um, you, you're, you're right. The guy, Storm Murphy, he was definitely playing pretty well. I think, and this carried over to Northern Iowa, which we'll talk about next, but I, I do think they felt they looked a little too comfortable in the paint. Um, another great name, Messiah Jones, I'm pretty sure was their four man. Oh, yeah. um, you know, he, he, he could come in averaging a decent amount, but I, I think he had close to 18, 20 points that game and uh, just looked a little too comfortable getting easy inside shots, offensive rebounds, some of the traditional things we expected. But again, it was a, uh, a tough road to get there. So I'll take any five point win that we can, that we can have, man. Yeah. I'm just glad, like you said, that we were able to put up the win at the end of the day. Initial reaction was a little bit concerning that we only beat them by that much, but yeah. then you think of all the factors involved and you're like, all right, we got the dub. And I think that extra, you know, day of practice that we got, or, you know, at least walking through some stuff, not having to worry about COVID on Tuesday really helped carry over into Wednesday's game against you and I, in which the spiders won by 10 though that may have not shown in the first half going down two, I think the second half really showed what this team is capable of, um, you know, just coming out strong and, and absolutely putting it on them. What are your, what are your, your initial reaction based off of this win against a now one and four UNI team? It was great to see Tyler Burton have a little bit of a breakout performance. Yeah, the uh, pr- K- NBA, NBA future NBA prospect. Um, you know, KO had, didn't have it going and he was our leading scorer going into the game and Burton stepped up. And what I think is, is I, I don't know how many teams could say this, but I truly believe that, all five of our starters can lead the team in scoring on any given night. And that night it was Tyler's. And there were two uh, threes that he, that he hit that were waved off because of charges from the guy that passed it to him. So I think he ended with 21 points uh, and he could have easily had 27 for the game, you know, 27. And I think he had 13 rebounds, and 13 rebounds. Yeah. A little yeah that would have been a the kid. That would have been a big stat line. And we had three of our five starters have double doubles. So, you know, like you said, slow start. I didn't feel too bad at halftime because again, one practice in between those two games. Thought they were going to come out of the second half with some effort and energy. Northern Iowa was starting a freshman guard in place of their, um, you know, A.J. Green, who was the preseason all-conference player. So I expected us to run away with things in the second half, and we did. Um, and, you know, hopefully that, you know, that gave us some good momentum for the last few days of practice leading up to, to the West Virginia game. Yeah, definitely. I think the way our team performed overall was great. One thing I would like to see is our bench getting a little bit more involved. I mean, it's great to have, you know, the starters have great games, but we face, you know, some, some more difficult opponents. We're going to have to go a little bit deeper into that bench and, you know, getting guys like Andre, who I think is a great facilitator of the ball, helps get around, can shoot, only getting 12 minutes when, you know, Jake is getting 40. And I know he's hard to replace and a guy like Blake is getting 37, but, you know, in terms of load management, it also helps. I know we hate load management on this podcast, but <laughs> it helps to get, you know, other guys in the rotation. And I know we like to keep it small, but, you know, you bump that, Gustafson's minutes up to like 15 minutes Isaiah Wilson to like maybe 8 to 10 you're, you're taking some minutes from the starters and helping them down the stretch which is what I really think we're going to need against West Virginia um, in terms of you know just depth against that team so you want to hop in hop hop into that now yeah no absolutely so um, I, I have I have a lot of mixed feelings about this game you know this is the I think this is the first top 20 matchup that UR has been a part of in over 20 years um, but I think let's face it man this is the biggest Richmond basketball game since you and I have followed the team on paper, right? I mean, sure, maybe you want to say, Definitely. maybe you want to say uh, a couple of years ago we made it to the A10 semis, sure. But I mean, this is a top 20 matchup against a Power Five conference opponent where we are expected to compete with the, you know, a top, I think West Virginia's number 11. I'll yep. stretch it, a top 10 team, quote, quote, yep. right? So um, I'm really excited. I, on one hand, you know, the Richmond, uh, fan in me that's seen a lot of these games before 
would be really worried about this game because I always say that I am not traditionally worried about facing teams whose strength is their guard play. I was always worried about teams that would come in with a dominant big man or a dominant power forward and center who control the boards, who are going to bully us inside and make us feel uncomfortable with the rhythm of the game. Because what I feel is so important to us is that we need to set our tempo on offense and defense, and then we can really dictate the game. And West Virginia is a team that's going to come in there, play bully ball, uh, try to get us off, you know, our comfort level and establish dominance physically from the onset of the game. However, at the same time, I know that this is a different Richmond team. I mean, we're, we're a top 20 team in the nation, right? So this isn't the Richmond team of two years ago that I would be horrified if a 6'10", 260 guy walked into the building to play against us. And to, to quote Tyler Burton, West Virginia's big and strong and athletic, but we're big and strong and athletic too. So um, I, I could see this game going really either way. What are you, what are you thinking so far? Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. Um, the bigs always worry me, especially because – we're a team that doesn't have a super deep bench, not in terms of our, you know, our players, well, we have great players, but just the team that the way Mooney likes to run the rotation. So we talked about this, you know, on the side, if, if we get into foul trouble early with these two, six, nine, six, 10 studs on the other side, like we could be in trouble having, you know, a guy like Caressi have to go up against like Culver, let's say that like, that's a tough matchup for him. Not that he can't handle it, but if we have like him and Mac Grace out there, instead of, you know, Grant, at least helping those two out, I think, it, I think it could be a tough challenge. I'm hoping that we can keep it close. Um, for those of you that don't know, they've, West Virginia hasn't won a game by more than 12 this year. Um, and they're six games, I believe, that they've played. I think they're five and one. Um, but I, I really don't know. I'm going to say and confidently that, even though I just said I don't know what I'm going to say, I think I'm <laughs> confidently going to say I think we'll, it'll be competitive, which is like such a cop-out thing to say because I'm not going either way. But I think Richmond has a chance to win this game. We'll see. I really – I don't know. I don't know what to expect. I feel like we haven't faced a really tough challenge yet this season. Um, looking back at the Kentucky game. That's a great point. It's a great really, point. They're really, really bad. <laughs> like, yeah. So Just lost again today. We'll, yeah. we'll get off Kentucky at some point, but they did yeah. just lose again. They looked a little better in the second half, but um, yeah. Look. Yeah. I mean, they're one in five. So I don't know. This is going to be our first first and probably one of our biggest challenges of the season. So Well, so one thing I wanted to point out was barring something drastic, unforeseen, this will be the last time, probably until we play St. Louis on the road, that we will not be the favorite in, in the game, right? The rest of our non-conference yeah, schedule. That's true. That's true. I, yeah, I think it's um, I think it's Hofstra and um, Vanderbilt and that we play out of conference. Um, and then obviously when we get to conference play, we're going to be favored against every team except for St. Louis. So this is really the last time, and this is something that a lot of the players focused on over these past two games this week. They were like, wow, we could tell that these guys saw we had a ranking on our, you know, next to our name and they played their best game and they targeted us, right? They wanted to beat the ranked team. So this is probably one of the last few times that, we're, again, we're going to have some stress off our, our shoulders, right? And so I think because of that, I think we'll play loose. I, I hope we'll come out and, and like you said, keep it close. Um, to get into, again, a little bit more of the numbers, I mean, so like you said, they're running out the, the big man duo of, of Shibwe and Culver. Culver. Um, I think Culver runs 6'10", 255, and Shibway will run 6'9", 260. And so we counter that with Grant, who I think is 6'10". Some big two, boys. Those yeah. Big boys. <laughs> we counter that with Grant, who's 6'10", 260, and Nathan Kao, who I think is 6'8", 225. And then Tyler Burton is only 6'7", but with that vertical, I mean, he's 6'9", right, in reality, when he's getting up there. <laughs> only 6'7". That's such a weird thing to say. So, he's only 6'7". 
So look, I think like you said, one of the biggest things for us, the biggest key to this game is foul trouble and just keeping our, our key seven, eight guys, eight at the max out there on the court as long as we can. If Grant picks up two early fouls, Tyler picks up two early fouls, um, Nate picks up two early fouls, we have to pull them early in the second half. That's what they want to do. And if I were Coach Huggins, I would want to go out there and push that ball in the paint. I don't care if we're taking great shots because, you know, they're going to get those offensive rebounds anyway. They're a top 15 offensive rebounding team, and we're probably a bottom 15 or bottom 20 offensive rebounds allowed defense. So, um, you know, I think it's going to be really interesting to see. I think we're going to need to get our guard play going, get some open shots to be able to open up the floor a little bit so they don't necessarily have to just pack it in and make us beat them at the rim. Yeah, and I mean, they definitely have some solid guards, too, with uh, with Miles McBride and Taz Sherman. You know, Taz is shooting, like, I think 47% from three, and McBride's having 14. So it's not like they're weak on that side of the ball, but I think their strong point is down in the paint. So if we're able to cut that off, I think we're going to be in pretty good shape. Um, I know that they have pointed out some of the West Virginia players that they do play down to their opponents. So this might be one of the first times they're a challenge for them, and if they don't match our energy, I think they could be in trouble. I think we – still have that underdog factor about us where we want to go out and beat the ranked team, even though we are technically ranked. I feel like being a small school and, you know, just having the reputation of not traditionally being a ranked team. I think we still have that chip on our shoulder and want to prove something to the country that look, Richmond is a legitimate program. And I think our best chance to do that this season is probably going to be tomorrow. So an interesting thing to to think about. Yeah. An interesting thing to think about is if we don't keep it close, if we lose by, I'd say more than 12, maybe 10, 12, with, with that Kentucky team right now, we're not ranked next week. If, if they come out and, and no dominate shot. us, no shot. Um, we have no quality wins, right? It could, so It could look bad for us, honestly, going forward. Exactly. So, again, even – again, I said before there's less pressure because if we keep it within four, six, eight um, – obviously, that's not counting if we win, which we certainly have a chance to. But if we even keep it within four, six, eight points, we're not really going to budge too much. That'll be a respectable opponent because, again, they're projected to win. I think yeah. if this line isn't out yet – I think the line's going to be West Virginia somewhere in the realm of minus seven to nine um, based on them being at home and them being a higher ranked team than us. So we're, again, I feel great because we are not expected to win. So I want us to go out there, show that they cannot just dominate us by playing that physical style of basketball. You know, I hope that, that Blake and Jacob. Seven and a half, seven and a half points. Seven and a half. Exactly. So I hope that Blake and Jacob, again, can, can establish their, themselves in the perimeter, knock down some of those shots make their, make their guards, um, you know, struggle to get the ball down low into the post. And, you know, something I mentioned to you really quick before we hopped on is if I were coach Mooney, I would not try to take West Virginia's offensive rebounding away from, from them, Right. Because they're going to, they're going to get that anyway. They get that against everybody. Right. So that's like going out there and saying, yeah, we're not going to let Michael Jordan score 30 tonight. <laughs> that he's going to do it. Right. It's going to happen. So I think we need to key on other areas. Of course, yeah, we're going to need to box out, right? We're going to have to crash the boards hard. But when are you not going to do that, right? We're going to put we're going to put emphasis on that anyway. So I think we need to find some other areas of the game that we can play to our strengths um, and and be able to atone for the fact that they're going to beat us on the rebounding battle and do it pretty handily. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I think that could only hurt us if we try to be overly aggressive with it. That's just one way we get we find ourselves in foul trouble. So um, let's do a quick prediction. I'm going to say. West Virginia, 81, Richmond, 75. Seven and a half point, seven and a half point spread. You know, Richmond, I can, Richmond covers closely. I can see this being a little bit more low scoring. So, look, again, West Virginia was it only lost to Gonzaga by six yep. or, or five points. Five, so, yep. And Gonzaga looks high and away the best team in college basketball. 
I'm going to say West Virginia 67, Richmond 60. Richmond covers by half a point. All right. We're um, both on the cover train, at least. Yeah. And look, maybe we seem like pessimists, but I, I, I still don't think this is a great matchup for us. And again, we're not supposed to win. So and we both think there's a chance to win. We just don't. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm rooting. I'm, we're not going to not root for them. It's just, I don't. The way that they've played so far, it's going to be tough. So, yep. That's all we're saying. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a Sunday, one o'clock tomorrow, which of course coincides with, I think there's something else going on in the, the sports world at one o'clock tomorrow, right? Uh, yeah, there might be a couple games, a couple other games on. I think maybe, we're going to have to go with uh, the, the, the National the, Football League. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go with the Octabox and add one more box in there for Richmond yeah. basketball. Man. I know. I hate that college basketball like competes with the NFL on Sunday, but like there's just no other way they're going to get these games in, I guess. So they, might, they have to do it. Yeah. I mean, right. I'm going to pay more attention to the Richmond game. Than, yeah, I mean, same. <laughs> I'll be flipping between that and, and probably the Colts. So. All right, cool. So let's, let's hop into uh, some NFL picks if we want. Let's do it. So I, I think – what we've got is that we've got the spreads for all of the games from spreads are brought to you by FanDuel. No free advertising <laughs> on this podcast here. FanDuel. So I think what we're going to do is we're going to go back and forth on each of these. And I have my handy dandy notepad to the right of me. And we're going to keep this running throughout the yeah, rest of the we'll year. Keep, now. We'll keep the records. I don't know how many games there are left in the year. I think it's only like, what are we at? Week 13. And we got, um, I think like seven weeks of football, including playoffs. So this is the only thing that we have riding on us. Or, you know, this is the only thing that we can continue to, you know, pace ourselves on. Cause I don't think it's not as easy to have a slate of basketball games to bet on, yeah. right? Because there's so many games. So there's so many games. I'm going to keep track. And the next episode that we have, we are going to update everybody and have the Evan and, and Andrew rankings. And I mean, look, Andrew actually, I'll just, I'll tell everybody. He actually does this. He uses real live American dollars for, to sports bet. Stakes, I have never, I have never placed a sports bet outside of fantasy football and March Madness brackets. If you count that, however, I follow it, and I always think to myself, hmm, if I actually gave this a try, I feel like I could do fairly well. Then again, I know that the whole no, point of it is that you're never going to do game. well. Yeah, it's just a waste. But so the the that. first official Frontline Fanatics NFL game spread brought to you by FanDuel. Do you believe in love after love? Great song. Right Andrew, there. I'm going to start you with the Minnesota Vikings at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucks are getting six and a half points. Who do you like in this? Ugh, I guess the Bucks six and a half. I mean, they haven't really shown much, but they're coming off a bye. Minnesota's just like really bad. They're probably the worst. What are they, six and six? I think they're the worst six and six team I've ever seen in my life. So I'm going, yeah. uh, I'm going Tampa six and a half. I am going with the Minnesota Vikings. I'm mean, I actually right, first game. We're going. We're going across. Let's go. I know, and I'm not even doing this on purpose. Um, I just think that. Look, I think the Vikings. I mean, the Vikings have. Uh, what do you think? Is there a better one-two wide receiver punch than the Vikings right now? Uh, off the top, I don't know. I don't know. You think Thielen's up there with Jefferson? Look at his fantasy numbers, man. Yeah, That's all I, I know, care I about. He's crushing it. He's and crushing how many it. running backs are better than Dalvin Cook? Not many. So with that much offensive skill power, I think they can keep it within seven points. So yeah, I'm going to take – defense is not great either. Exactly. I'm not – again, and I, I will happily smile at the Tampa Bay crumbling of what everybody thought they were going to be so good. <laughs> What's the next game you got for me? All right, Arizona minus three at the New York football Giants, who are probably the weirdest, talked, most talked about team I've ever seen for a team that's not even 500. They get so much credit right now, and maybe it's because I'm in the Northeast and all my friends are Giants fans. But I've never seen anyone root and say a team is more Super Bowl bound than this this team. So, what do you what do you oh, got? 
I'll make it short and sweet. I'm going to take the Giants to cover this. Yeah, I'm going to go I'm against taking, everything taking, you just I'm said. I'm taking the Giants, too. Let's go. I, I got to get on the trade, especially if – I don't know if Daniel Jones is playing. I think he is, but yeah. even if he's not, I'm, I'm riding the Colt train, baby, Colt McCoy. It looks like he's not playing at 100%, so I don't think he's going to have that same level of um, – if he does play, he's not going to have that same level of mobility outside of the pocket, which right. is, you know, not ideal, but I'm still going to kick – I'm still going to take the Giants. Yeah, and Arizona really has not looked good. I think they're 500 no. now, and so they're not very impressive. I still don't, um, I still don't yeah. think Kyler is 100% healthy either. Yeah, probably not. Ever since that – whatever Monday night game, he's been, he's been kind, of, kind of off. Um, all right, let's go to Miami next. Complete opposite of the metal lands in Jersey. Um, you are looking yeah. live. Kansas City minus seven at Miami. What do you got? I'm going to take the Chiefs here. Pretty easy. Um, one of the, the biggest reasons why I'm doing this is that the uh, I just got an alert a couple hours ago from Fantasy that Miles Gaskin, um, who's a really good running back for the Dolphins, is on the COVID list. So he will not be playing tomorrow. I think their top three running backs on the depth chart um, are all inactive. So they're going to be running out some practice squad guys, basically, which means they're going to have to throw a lot. And if it's two up, I don't think he's got enough yet to win a game with just his arm. And if it's just Patrick, he's going to throw three picks. So yeah. I'm going to take the Chiefs to, to, to cover that seven. Oh, I want to take Miami so bad because I just kind of like them for some reason, but can't go against Kansas City until they lose again. And so I'm, going, I'm riding Kansas City too. That's two in a row that we're in agreement on. Yeah, all right. I think we're probably going to be in agreement in the next one, but maybe not. Um, Tennessee minus seven at Jacksonville. I'm taking Tennessee. I know they didn't play great against the Browns, but they kind of showed out in the second half a little bit more, kept it competitive. Um, I think Jacksonville's still riding with um, what's his name, Mike Lennon. But huh. I think there's a chance that that um, the Minshew Mania might be back this week, but I don't think it's looking good. So I'm taking Tennessee. Derrick Henry's going to run all over that defense. I am too, but I don't trust the Titans. I feel like whenever I want them to really show up and expect them to, they don't. And whenever they're not supposed to play well, like against the Colts, they kill the team. So. Yep. I'm going to take them begrudgingly and hope that, as you said, because he's on my fantasy team, Derek Henry runs all over for 175 yards plus. Evan, the king of fantasy. All right. <laughs> all three Next, teams in the playoffs. Yeah, just going to say. I have none. No teams first time ever. <laughs> Brutal. Um, I'm blaming COVID for it. Uh, next game, Dallas minus three at Cincy. This is a terrible game. <sighs> yeah, no one's going to watch this game. Um, ooh, I am going to take, because I need a wild card pick, I'm going to take the Bengals to cover or to uh, make up the three points that, that Dallas is getting here. I'm taking Dallas. I think Cincinnati is too banged up, and they just don't have the the offensive the offensive play, especially with the QB with with our boy Joe out. So yeah, I, I mean Dallas sucks. They're horrible too, but I think they might win this game. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you on on Dallas being better, which is why I'm taking the Bengals. And they're both so yeah. I mean that's makes, <laughs> that's that's exactly why I wanted to take them too. And they uh, whatever. I'm not I'm not reversing. Um, Houston minus one and a half at Chicago. God. Oof. Um, the Bears are so bad. They're yeah. so bad. But Houston is so bad. Too. So for that reason, write me down for the Bears one and a half year. I, I, Deshaun Watson doesn't do it for me, so I'm going to take, take the Bears. I just think he has no weapons around him. Oh, my God, this is so bad. Are you telling me Cordero Patterson is a weapon? I'm taking the Texans. Yeah, I love he, this. You are anyway. taking two favorites. I'm taking two dogs. I love that for me. All right, what do we got next? Denver, yeah, have- Denver at Carolina. Oh, <laughs> Carolina minus three and a half. Another terrible game. I'm going to take Carolina here. Um, I think well, – do we have any idea if McCaffrey is healthy? Uh, he's, he's not playing. Well, he's not, I'm still – another injury. I'm, I'm still going to take them, and I'm going to take the over on Curtis Samuel one touchdown if he's playing. I mean, he might All have right, COVID. East. I don't know, but I'm, go going, I'm going Carolina. I'm going Denver. They played they played the Chiefs tough last week. I think they're going to keep keep playing tough. I think they're trying to let Vic Fangio keep his job. So 
Let's it's three in a row we don't agree on if you're keeping track. Yeah. I think we're both going to agree on this one. Actually, I don't know. Um, the next one I'm looking at is the, the Jets, who are getting 14 and a half points in Seattle. My God. Yeah, that's brutal. I'm taking Seattle. <laughs> um, and I'm taking the Jets. It's, so, it's such a bad pick considering how bad it was against the Giants last week. But I will happily take two touchdowns in a professional football game. Jets looked okay. Jameson Crowder, he's going to have another touchdown. Yeah, Perriman's good too. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling very comfortable getting two touchdowns. Uh, I guess it's – Against a Seattle team that they don't look that good. They just fired the Jets just fired Greg Williams too. Exactly, oh, which is gonna make them better. I'm taking but, the hey, Jets. Switch you're it. Lo- I'm taking the Jets. No, you're locked in. You're gonna be make- oh man. All right. No, all right. All right. No, no, lock it in, Seattle. I'm Seattle? Seattle. All right. Yep. I'm gonna do a check next to Seattle. Just so that's a double lock. All right. My Indianapolis Colts minus three at the Raiders. I gotta take the Colts. The Raiders. I'm also gonna take the, the Colts. Raiders should have lost that game. Yeah, I don't believe in the Raiders at all. They could so, be a team that plays down to their competition too. It, maybe they play up to their competition, but I can't. I can't ride against my boys either. Let's battle for first place right here. You get um, my boys. Oh yeah, the Washington Football Team at the San Francisco 49ers, who are two and a half point favorites. What do you like? I mean, this is this line correct? Like, I yeah, think I, don't, the, I, don't I think the football team should be outright favorite. favorites. So yeah. I'm, I mean, for that reason, I'm sure the San, the 49ers will beat them by two scores. But yeah, probably, I'm going to take the football team, and I hope you do too. Yeah, I'm definitely taking the football team. I think they are going to win the NFC East, so I'm riding with them. Also, considering that somehow the Niners were like six-point favorites last week against the Bills made no sense, and they got crushed. So we're riding there. New Orleans minus 7.5 at Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, this is the easiest bet of the week for me, Saints. New Orleans, yeah. I'd, I'd give the Saints 14. <laughs> to me, yeah. 7.5? Like you're telling me Taysom Hill can't beat this terrible Eagles team by 10 What's points? The, uh, I'm curious what the over-under on Jalen Hurts' interceptions is. I would probably yes. take that, I'd probably take that over if, if I could get it. I'm not excited to see that. <laughs> Who knows, though? Maybe he'll, uh, he'll be the spark. Yeah. Probably not, though. Probably <laughs> not. The, the, the spark is going to be the, the turning of the clock into 2021. And yeah, light, lighting the field on fire. Oh, uh, my God. <laughs> another team, two teams that are having rough years, the Atlanta Falcons are minus one and a half at the Chargers, who lo- lost, what, like 45 to zero last week, I think. Um, I'm taking the Falcons. Yeah. No, I, I it, like the Falcons. The, um, the Chargers looked terrible last week. They got killed 45-0. Justin Herbert looked like a rookie. Um, so for think, that reason, I think they're tanking to get Lynn fired. Honestly, yeah. So Lynn, for that reason, I'm going to take the Chargers here as underdogs. Right. <laughs> I just, I think they're going <laughs> to. Oh, you're I taking think, them? Oh my god. Yeah, I'm taking them again. Right. I think I think Herbert has looked great in every single game but this one. And um, you know, why not? Yeah, why not? Nothing to lose. Um, all right, Green Except Bay all my minus. Money. Yeah, exactly. Green <laughs> Bay minus eight and a half at the Detroit Lions. I'm taking Green Bay. You got to take it. Easy. I mean, yeah. easy Green yeah. Bay. Yeah. We don't even need right? to talk about. We don't even need to talk about that. Watch Detroit's going to win this money line. Patricia has gone too because they came back and won last week with some fight. All right, now we get to Sunday night football. Ooh. Pittsburgh at Buffalo. Buffalo's minus one and a half. This is easy for me. I'm going to start again. I'm taking Buffalo. It's a no-brainer for me. Been saying it all season. Pittsburgh are frauds. Got exposed last week against the Washington football team. I just think Buffalo's better. Unless Josh Allen completely blows up and throws four picks, I don't see how Buffalo doesn't win and cover. This one's really tough for me because, again, everyone this week has been talking about, oh, Look at the cupcake Steelers schedule. They only played the NFC East. And I just feel like they're going to come out and just smoke them. And, and really? Josh Allen's going to throw four picks. But, but I'm going to go with Logic this time. And I'm also going to take the Bills. And All if right. they lose, I'm never going to bet the Bills again. So, yeah. easy enough. That's fair. All right. And then we get to Monday Night Football. Baltimore Ravens minus three at the Cleveland Browns, who are weirdly good. Like, I don't know what the deal is there. Until the they're, Cleveland Browns win a playoff three, right? game, until they win a playoff game, I will not call them good. And that's fair. I'll I'll let you wrap wrap it up at the last pick here, but I am going to take the uh, I'm going to take the Ravens because 
Um, again, I don't trust Baker Mayfield. He had, what did he throw, like four touchdowns last week or something? Yep. Uh-huh. He's not going to throw more than two this week. I'm taking the Ravens. I'm taking the Browns. I hate it, but I'm taking the Browns. And that's it. So, I don't think the Ravens are that good. So. Oh, I don't either, but – I don't think the Browns are that good either, though. So we'll see. No, it's, it's an interesting home. year. And there's something, I, there's something the Browns have against Lamar. He just doesn't always play great against them. I don't know what it is. but Yeah. I, mean, I just think there's so few actual contenders when I look at it. Like, the Chiefs, I could pretty much lock into the, play, the, the AFC championship. Yep. Like, can we lock in the Saints to the NFC championship? Something, I kind of feel – always happens with them. I don't know what to do. Right. But who do you like better than them in the NFC? That's my – you know, the, oh, the Packers. Sorry. I, I, I will lock in the Packers to the NFC championship. So, okay. All right, those well, are the only two teams I feel comfortable with as actual championship contenders that don't have too many – well we'll see what happens this week sunday and monday and we will well you'll be hearing from uh whoever won or lost the picks this week so we're gonna tie now that we went out of our way to do this probably right (laughs) so let me i'm peeking at the richmond schedule right now there was one thing i wanted to talk about yeah so after this game against west virginia on sunday we had vanderbilt at uh on wednesday at 1 p.m at vanderbilt for some reason i feel like they were on covid pause recently and, and I'll check in to see what, what the status is with that. But what I do know is we are, are, we are slated to play Duquesne on Saturday the 19th, which is actually in between another non-conference game we have on December 22nd against Hofstra. And I did see today that Duquesne did have a positive test and we're supposed to play them a week out. So Vandy, uh, and he started practicing again yesterday. But, but they, oh, so they literally just came off. Yeah. And do they have another game in between when we play them on Wednesday? They're playing Mississippi State tomorrow. Okay, so that'll be an interesting game to kind of check out, see how they play. Um, I'm not too worried about Vandy, but Duquesne did go on COVID pause. So I would, again, I think that game was put in early to be able to be moved in case it needed to be, which I think might happen and it might get moved early on in the year. So um, after that Vanderbilt game, it might be a little bit of a delay until the next game. But I think we'll we'll target to have a podcast around that Vanderbilt game, depending on how the rest of the schedule shapes out. I think we want to just have a quick hitter here and go through some of the re, you know recap and preview for basketball and, I'm loving this pick, these these picks, man. I think uh, I think I'm in a really good spot for for uh, yeah, we'll the, the Monday we'll review. We'll see what happens. We'll have to uh, we'll have to put something on the line, so just just to keep it interesting. We'll, fig- <laughs> Any- we'll think about it and figure it out. Anything else you wanted to share with our lovely listeners before we wrap up this quick hitter today? I think I'm good. Um, just make sure wherever you're listening, subscribe, follow Spotify, follow us on Instagram, Twitter. Um, it's all in our many link. And there's everything on there, so you can find it all there. And uh, hopefully in the next episode, we'll have another guest as well. Yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're betting so a couple we guests. You know, we, we, we had so many people reach out and say they yeah. wanted to come on. So. Yeah, so we can't have everyone on, of course. But uh, if you're interested, feel free to Well, maybe we could just open the Zoom and then leave and just let our guests just do their own thing. That would be kind of Yeah, cool. that would be kind of interesting. And we just we we pretend like we were going to have guests and then we both just leave. <laughs> yeah, and they're just like talking to each other like, what is going on? That would be funny. All right, man. Well, great talking to you. Hope you enjoy the rest of the weekend, and uh, let's hope we get a dub. Yeah. Uh, again, I'm, I'm really interested to see how tomorrow shapes out. I've got a lot riding on, on tomorrow now, which I'm excited for. Yeah. And um, we'll be back next week. Hopefully hopefully we get a spider win, get a get a top 15 spot going into next week. And um, yeah. who knows, man? Ben will just follow the wave. Yeah, ride the wave. Roll spy. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you soon. See ya. Kendall going to take a fadeaway three, it's good, and he fouled! Green set by Jerome. Oh! Anderson, two more! Hands it off the brothers, the long three, he switched it! The Spiders have a chance to win. Anthony for the lead! Two.
Trey Davis to inbound, underneath the basket to TJ Klein, who lays it up and in with 1.5 to go. Puts it on the deck, and fake shoots, blocked!